Whether you daydream or develop screenplays, paint or preach, all of us have a creative bent, whether we cultivate it or not. On this episode, we're going to be talking about the creative process with artist, writer, and musician Jeremy Camp. It's about time because we're going there. Hey, family, welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Beyonce Wattis Oltoff. Mm-hmm, did you catch it? And today I'm calling out the artist in you. If you've ever wanted to write a book, pen a song, start a podcast, create a math algorithm, paint a mural, launch a business, that is all centered around the creative process. On today's podcast, we're going to be sitting down with award-winning singer and songwriter, Jeremy Camp. But before we do that, part of what I fight for on every episode of this show is a segment where I can provide practical handles, tips, or ways that we can better ourselves as individuals. As a writer, a podcaster, a preacher, the creative process is super important to me. I'm actually excited to announce on this podcast before anyone else knows anything, and I have even admitted it or acknowledged it or said it anywhere, I officially submitted my next book proposal. Y'all, it's so nerve-wracking because you are creating art and you put it out there for the world and you hope people get it, like it, and are better because of it. Whether you admit it or not, you're probably a creative person. Sure, your greatest attempt at a human form looks like a stick figure, but you are creative. Let's hone in and strengthen your creative side for your next assignment, boardroom idea pitch, book, song, or business idea. Let's talk about the creative process. Okay, one of the most illuminating things that I have found is a popular four-stage model for the creative process, and it was actually developed in the 1920s. Without even knowing this, I've used this process in almost every sermon, every book, and yes, even this podcast. In his book, The Art of Thought, British psychologist Graham Wallace outlined a theory of the creative process based on his years of research and observing and studying different accounts of inventors and artists and people who would find themselves deemed creative. But our art always starts with a problem to solve, an issue to state, or a way to help. So let's unpack this as quickly as possible. Here, according to Graham Wallace, are the four stages of the creative process. Stage one, preparation. The creative process begins with preparation. Well, what is that? It's gathering information and materials, identifying sources of inspiration, and acquiring knowledge about the topic or the problem or the project at hand. This is most likely an internal process. So it's thinking deeply to generate and create ideas within us, as well as an external one. So we're going out into the world to gather necessary data and resources, materials, and expertise. Like, for example, the preparation process for this podcast, oh, that's a whole lot of peace for some alliteration in the nation, was researching Jeremy Camp. And yes, as you'll discover in the podcast, I actually knew him from like years before, but so much of his life and his writing and his art has evolved in creative. So I wanted to do some creative preparation and I stalked him online. After the preparation process is stage number two, incubation. So number one, preparation. Number two, incubation. And this is when our ideas and information gathered from stage one marinate in our mind. As ideas slowly simmer like a pot of water on a stove, the work deepens and new connections are formed in our brain. During this process of what I call like germination, uh, the artist will take the focus off the problem and it allows our mind to rest. So while the conscious mind wanders, the unconscious engages what Einstein called combinatory play. And that's where we take different ideas and influences and we find new ways to bring them together. So art is always assemblage. Art is always taking from something or someone else and creating our fingerprint, our DNA, our words, our thought, our zhuzh on it. 
So number one, preparation. Number two, incubation. Number three, illumination. So this is the elusive aha moment, okay? After a period of incubation, insights kind of bubble up to the top from the simmer to a boil, and it comes from the deeper layers of our mind to break through the conscious awareness, often in like a dramatic form. That's why we get like scientists that scream out, Eureka, or aha, or I've got it. And a lot of those times, those moments come in the shower, on a walk, or you're occupied with something completely unrelated. So it seems like it's out of nowhere that a solution presents itself or a piece of the puzzle comes together or the equation makes sense. Because when our mind is not on something, our mind has a chance to rest and boom, that's when the illumination process begins. So number one, preparation. Number two, incubation. Number three, illumination. And lastly, stage four, verification. So after the aha moment, the words get written down, the mural gets painted, the business numbers make sense. And that is when the vision becomes a reality, uh, whether it's the painting begins or the poem is started or the book begins with letters on a page or a business plan is developed. Whatever ideas and insights arose during stage three, it's then that they are fleshed out and developed. And we, as the artists, we use our critical thinking and we use our aesthetic judgment to hone in and refine the work. Of course, these stages, one, two, three, four, don't always play out in that order, one, two, three, four. I mean, it would be easy if it was in a linear fashion, but as you're going to hear from Jeremy today, I mean, he's kind of like a freak of nature. He doesn't go one, two, three, four. And a lot of times he kind of breaks a lot of the creative rules. And so like, he's a freak. He's a creative genius. And yes, if you hear jealousy in my voice, it's because it's there. So don't worry if your creative process doesn't sound like Jeremy's because my creative process is more like a zigzag or a spiral rather than a straight line. This flow isn't perfect and it definitely has limitations, but it can offer a roadmap of sorts for our own creative journey, offering a direction, if not a destination. So my heart in this episode is to help us become more aware of where we're at in our own process, where we need to go, and the mental process that could help us get there. And when the process gets a little messy, come back to this framework and it will help us recenter, realign, and chart the path ahead. So I just had to do that because you're looking down. I was like, boo. Okay, that was totally, look at, I'm preparing for the interview. I'm so professional, okay? No, listen, I love that. Listen, I was like, she's going to be fun. I, I can already tell. Okay, so here's a little bit before, okay, yes, we're recording, but this isn't going to be part of the interview, or maybe actually it will. Hey, whatever um, you I'm all, I'm all in. So do you remember a church in East Los Angeles, California that you led worship at for the youth group and the pastor's name was Pastor Poncho? Poncho Juarez. That's my dad. And you were my worship leader. <laughs> Wait, what? Legit. You were my worship leader. You had tight country jeans. You wore oh, yeah. flannels. You were from Calvary Bible College and you came in and you led my worship group. And oh. now you, you dumb groans up and blows up brother. I Literally. Mean, I was just like, I tell people I'm like, Oh, Jeremy camp. Yeah. He was my, he was my worship leader in youth group. <laughs> Literally. I was, that's, what's crazy about it. I, I cannot like, I love your father so much. Like oh. you have no clue. Like I love you. And I actually remember you. Isn't that funny? Is that so, totally funny? Totally funny. I mean, basically, I look like my dad, but with hair. So <laughs> even if you didn't know who I was, I'm like Poncho Jr. for real. Oh Isn't that so funny? Well, he's he listens to the podcast. He always makes fun of me. He's like, yeah, B, you and your seven listeners. I'm like, dad, we're well above seven listeners oh, now. Okay. okay. <laughs> the is, by the way. He is doing so well. He's Good. 
brother, he is still preaching Wednesdays, Sundays. I mean, the man is, he's my, the man is my idol. I really look up to him so much. My, my mom's doing still well. I don't know if you remember, she had brain cancer. Are you actually you? Okay. Yeah. So still alive and kicking. She um, texted me this morning that something that I preached at church on Sunday was inappropriate. So she's definitely live in a well. <laughs> Dude, this is, I'm like, this is making my like month right now. I like, love it. I yeah. love so, it. So Pancho, if you're watching right now, Hey, I love you so much. I miss you. And hopefully at some point I'll come see you and give you a big old hug. So anyway, all right. Oh, I love, Hey, I'm going to hold you to that. I'm going to hold you no, to that. I would love so to. fun. So fun. Okay. Well, listen, since we literally go way back, I mean, this interview's already started. <laughs> I cannot believe this. Uh, this is so fun. So I love fun. it. So I was preparing for this interview and I have seen your just your growth as an artist. I have seen your growth as a writer. I mean, I mean, we need to praise the Lord that those flannels and like <laughs> Northern American clothing attire no longer is there I with the tatted arms and the fitted black shirt. I see you. I no, see I'm you, like, Jeremy Camp. <laughs> I was trying to just, I was trying to go to the show like I used to have a ponytail, but I don't think you saw me at that point. I had a ponytail and everything. No. Okay. So I remember your ponytail, but you weren't at the church. I remember going to the Bible college. Yeah. And yep. you were friends with some of the people that like would attend yep. my dad's church. And so I, I do remember the ponytail friend. Oh. <laughs> Let's praise the Lord for your evolution as an artist and also the evolution of your style. Praise the Lord. <laughs> praise you. the Lord right now. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I'm with you. <laughs> so good. So this is what I want to do. I want to talk about the process of creating art. And um, though your art is through music and songwriting, I think the art process I'm always wildly fascinated with. And so, so much, you've changed so much, not just your fashion, but you really have just evolved as an artist. Yeah. Um, when you first started out creating art, like what was that process like for you? Will you take us on kind of the exploration of your, your process of growing up and becoming who you are today? For sure. Yeah. I mean, really, so I'm a, I'm a feeler guy. Like I, I feel things. And so, you know, I remember I grew up playing sports. So it was kind of one of those things where, you know, art and everything. I, I loved art, but it wasn't like a thing where I pursued or even music wasn't a thing I pursued until I was 14. And then all of a sudden what I realized was I could express my emotions through a song. And I remember what had happened was I had walked away from the Lord and, you know, I started playing music a little bit and I was, I was into just all the, you know, the grunge, Stone to the Pilots and Pearl Jam and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and like, but I felt it. I felt that music. And I was like, ooh, I like that, you know? That's why, hence why I kind of had that style in the beginning of, of my career and kind of morphed, you know, later, I'm thankful. But I remember that when I came back to the Lord, I had written a song um, about probably a few months prior. And I, I, for me, I felt like that I needed to express how I was feeling and I didn't know how to do it. And the only way I realized I could do it was writing it down and singing it. And this whole song was called, it's called Set Me Free. And it was kind of my cry of my heart going like, God, you got to set me free from this junk that I'm in. And what happened was it was kind of the, the <laughs> it was under the same uh, tune as Poisons, Every Rose Has Its Thorn. So I wasn't quite, <laughs> I wasn't quite like artistically original yet. <laughs> that came later in life. But I will say the the art artistically emotional stuff came very, you know, soon to me as where I was yeah. like, I know how to express myself through music. And it was like, that's the only way I could do it. So, you know, the process for me was such a incredible 
ebb and flow of like emotions and, and then realizing like, no, I want to be original. Like I want to, I want to like not take what I've been listening to and copy. I want to actually, what, what do I feel that actually is authentic to me? And so I started writing songs that just, I didn't listen to things and go, I'm going to copy that. It was more like, what is authentic to me? And so I think that has become more and more a thing for me where I've learned to like, you know, what kind of style, like some people try to push me in like, you're more of a rock guy. And I'm like, no, you're more of a pop guy. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm all, yes, I do worship. I do pop, I do rock. I think it's because I'm not trying to copy anything. I just am doing what, what's something that feeds my soul and what I feel like God has put in my heart to create. It's authentic yeah. to me. And I think that's why too, you're hearing the, the growth and progression because I'm not trying to copy anything. I just, hey, here's a ballad. Here's a worship song. Here's a rock song. Like, it's just me. And I express all that I'm feeling through those songs. Okay. So um, let's talk about the artists that you are today. I want to know kind of like for those, because there are people, very creative people who listen to the podcast um, and shout out to those who are constantly sharing good music and good books and that sort of stuff. But let's talk about the writing process. So uh, my background is in art and art history. And there was two artists coming both out of France, Cezanne and Pegaso, around the same time. Um, Cezanne would wake up every single morning at the same time. He was a father of four. He would do the same thing every single day because art was a discipline. And then you have someone like Picasso who was like inspired. And then he comes up with pieces like Guernica and these like crazy, crazy pa paintings. So what is your process? Is it more of inspiration or is it more of a discipline? It's all inspiration. And really? I, I'm the type of person, yeah, I'm a type of person where if I don't feel it, then I won't write. Like I'll go into like a writing session or something. I'm like, ah, I don't, I don't feel it. I, it's so like, it's such a, I, like my best songs I've written were I'm driving in the car or I'm sitting late at night and just all of a sudden I'm just inspired. And I remember this song called There Will Be a Day. It was a song that like, I, I was at a, I think an award ceremony where they're honoring this guy named Brown Bannister, who's an amazing producer. He was an artist as well and writer. And I remember they were talking about his life and the effect of his life and some of the difficulties of things. And then, so I was driving home and I was like, man, just, this is, life's hard. <laughs> like, I just had that feeling, life's hard, you know? And like, but life's good, but it's hard. And like, God has done so much in my life. And I was like, man, I cannot wait just to be with Jesus one day. There's going to be a day I'm just going to see him face to face. And I was like, oh my goodness. And I, in the car was like, pull my phone out. And I'm trying to like, I'm singing this melody. There will be a day. And I'm like, oh my word. And I went home and wrote it in 10 minutes. And so. What? Yeah. Legitimately. You wrote that song in 10 minutes? 10 minutes. I was so inspired. Because the inspiration thing. I was so inspired that I, I couldn't. I just was like, it just, it came out. It flowed out of me. Whoa. And I think that sometimes. You know, I have times where I've worked on, you know, there's a song called This Man that back in the day I, I wrote, like it was kind of one of my first songs. I had written, started writing when I was 16. I didn't finish it until I was 25 because I didn't have, I didn't feel like it was done. I was like, nope. And I would try to write and I'm like, nope, don't feel it. And so like eight years down the road, I finally finished it. So that's why my process, sometimes I can get that writer's block. And even though I, I try to like, discipline myself to go through it I can't it's not how I work but I will say this I might be like all right I gotta start kind of writing for a new record and then I kind of like toy around a little bit and then all of a sudden when I start writing it's just a flood comes wow. out so that's kind of my process 
Okay, so let's talk about the flood. Clearly, there's a reservoir inside of you. So what are you filling yourself with? Books, music, bands, songs, poetry. Give me some of your favorites and tidbits right now. I'm interrupting the podcast to discuss about betterhelp.com. I know we speak a lot about BetterHelp on the show, but this month we're discussing some of the stigmas around mental health. For example, some people think that you should wait until things are unbearable to go to therapy, but that isn't true. Therapy is a tool to utilize before things get worse, and it could help you avoid those lows. Many people think that therapy is for quote unquote crazy people, but therapy doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It means you recognize that all humans have emotions and we need to learn how to control them, not avoid them. As someone who is an ardent supporter of therapy, I really love that betterhelp.com allows customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's so much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp Online Therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and we're going there. Listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash WGT, for we're going there. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash W-G-T. Um, C.S. Lewis is one of my favorite writers, so <laughs> I I love reading C.S. Lewis books because there's there's such a um, there's a depth to it, but he's so creative in how he writes. Yeah. So to me, it helps get my brain stimulated that way. And I love just um, theologically, you know, where he's at as well. So I think for me, like all those things kind of combined are incredible. I think also the process of like, gosh, I, I like to read. Like there's a, there's a book, the C.S. Lewis, the space trilogy. It's so out there and <laughs> insane that it helps my brain start thinking through these weird things. You have to, if no one's ever read this C.S. Lewis, the space trilogy, it's kind of weird, but it's so rad because it helps my brain kind of just think outside the box. And I think that helps me get going. Um, definitely like my kids you know, inspire me just watching them and watching them interact and watching them every single day. That's an inspiration to me. Um, you know, my Bible, reading my Bible is like, God will just kind of download something. I'll be reading something that I've read 30 times. And then all of a sudden, because of what I'm going through, it'll just go, bing, that's a song because it's something that I needed to hear at that moment. And then all of a sudden God has kind of downloaded something to me. So it is, it's like a flood. It's like, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm reading my Bible. I'm spending time with Jesus on my face, spending time with the word of God, just having good fellowship with friends. Friends is a big thing too. Sorry, I'm talking a lot, but I'm just. No, I love it. I love it. Wait, time out. Hold on. We're going to get back to this friends thing, but this is why you're a legit Christian and I'm in the act of sanctification. Okay. Because clearly I need more Jesus. You're over here talking about CS Lewis, Christian Bible, Christian fellowship, Christian. Let me tell you something. I preached a message called throw the rock away. Cause I was inspired by DMX. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then, listen, there is nothing wrong with that as well. And see, I think for me, it's like, I'm not trying to be like hyper spiritual at all. Like that's one thing I don't ever want to be. Cause I think that I've seen that we've all seen that so much. Yeah. Yeah. ministry <laughs> i think that like those are the things that really inspire me i think like biblically the depth of lyrics that i write but i think like you know i love like we listen to as a family anywhere from coldplay to whitney houston um mm. to al green mm. to beatles like yes. we we have a very eclectic uh jimmy Cullen, like jazz stuff you know and it's like we have a very eclectic reach of music in our family and so our daughters they write too and they're the same way like they love wow. different styles of music and I think that's why 
it keeps me on my toes creatively because I'm not stuck to one genre or one anything. And so, yeah, it's all that. It's, it's okay. Talk to me about, you were going to talk about fellowship though, like hanging with friends and your friends are part of the inspiration. That's good. Massive. So, you know, sometimes when you're an Island and you kind of like are by yourself and, or like you're just hanging out and you're like superficial friendships just don't work for me. Like I'll hang out and I'll have fun. And I love having fun and just hanging with the boys, whatever. But when we just start to talk about, real life like what are you really going through like we actually dig in deep so one of my whole things is being transparent and not just being transparent like some people like to throw the dirty trash out like here's my dark dirty laundry just take it for what it is oh well like it's just who i am which i understand that that's that is good to be like but it's almost like here's my dirty laundry now i'm going to show you what i'm going to do with it now like i think that is a better way to go about throwing your dirty laundry out there not just yes. like well just who i am and deal with it. I think, I mean, we all get that way. Trust me, I get that way. <laughs> but I think that there's a way to do that with your friends that you say, this is the kind of stuff that's going on. Like, how do I, how do I move forward in this? Like, I, how do I move forward and how I'm feeling? Like, I'm doubting God. I'm, I'm having these feelings, whatever it is. And those type of things are so life-giving to me. Like, just we, the other night we had a bunch of people over after church and we just were talking through life. My friend was talking through dad issues and all these little daddy issues that he was going through. And I was like, yeah, like here's some things that I've dealt with and how this is what I've learned and how I've dealt with certain things. So I think those type of things also inspire creativity and art. And because you're, you're being real and transparent. I just saw on my album called father on my last album. And it was like on the verge of a breakdown. I wrote that part. And because I went through a, a breakdown about three and a half years ago where I went through just anxiety and panic attacks. And I've never dealt with this before. And I realized, you know, during that it was I was dealing with, you know, bitterness and I was trying to control. I call it the three F's, faith, family and finances. I was trying to control mm-hmm. and being bitter and then trying to control things like that led me to a state of, of panic because mm-hmm. you're out of control at that point. And those type things will, as I deal with those things, will inspire a song, inspire uh, some depth of, of um, yeah, just depth of, of meat of things that I've, I've been through. So yeah, I don't know. Does that help? <laughs> no, it totally does. It totally does. And that's, this is a great segue because 2020 uh, was a big year, but also a crazy year from you. I've done some research and was researching your new album that just came out in September. Congratulations on that. Thank you very much. That is a, I feel like as a writer, books are kind of like babies. I don't know if albums feel like that way to you where you, they, they're in you for so long and you finally get them out and you hope that it's cute. You hope your baby's cute, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes an ugly baby, like maybe it'll actually grow out of the ugly stage. Put a bow, put a bow on her head. Yeah. Let's pray over her, you know, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but when You Speak came out, congratulations. But it came out of, and correct me if I'm wrong, correct me if my research is off, but it came out of like a crazy 2020 and hello all of us had a super crazy year but it was a trying year for you and it produced beautiful words beautiful music and beautiful art um what happened in that year that kind of like inspired a lot of the the writing and singing so you know sometimes disappointment can lead to such a beautiful result in the end um and i think that that was the whole theme of last year you know we had we had worked for two years on this movie called i still believe and everything was going so well, like to the point where we were all blown away. You know, Gary Sinise was playing my dad and Lieutenant Dan played my dad, you know, <laughs> like, it's like, it's insane. And Shania Twain played my mom. You know what Hello. I mean? Like, you have these things where you're just going, is this really happening? 
Um, and just all these actors started jumping along. Lionsgate, this Hollywood studio, said we wanted, you know, and they've spent a ton of money on this whole thing. And we're the, in 3,300 theaters, which was one of the, the highest amount of theaters that a Christian movie has ever been in. And so we're seeing this like, really barring, and my, my manager said this, this is a true story. He said this, barring a world war or a pandemic, this movie's going to do really well. No, he did not. He did no, not. A hundred percent. He cursed you, Jeremy. He, he, he I'm not kidding you. He, he sits there to this day and goes, I can't believe I said that because literally that's what happened to pandemic. That's literally what happened. Okay. Carry on. Sorry. I just with sidebar on that. He, he brought it. He, he, he owes did. you, he owes you a, a new Where child and a Lamborghini. <laughs> That is right. A beach home. That's what he owes me. Anyway, so, <laughs> so basically, like, everything was going great. And then all of a sudden, March 11th hit. And we've been hearing about this, like, kind of this virus. So March 11th hit. My movie's, movie's coming out March 13th. And so March 11th hit. And all of a sudden, the president declared a global pandemic. And the NBA started shutting down. And we're going, I know it's going to happen. And as I start hearing, you know, rumors of you know, theater is going to shut down and stuff. So March 12th, we drove to our tour in Florida that we were on and it got canceled the whole tour at that point. No. So then we drove home and I'm sitting there at Tennessee. It's, it's on, you know, I think March 13th. And I'm like, well, the movie comes out today. We'll see what happens. Well, the cool thing was the first night it came out, it was the number one movie in America. It like beat out a wow. Pixar movie and it beat out a Vin Diesel superhero movie. And so that was sweet. But then theaters started shutting down. Yeah. <laughs> but the cool thing is like the New York Times or Post, I can't remember which one it was, um, wrote an article on Monday morning and said, uh, God beats out a superhero. And so it was kind of a cool. Well, yes. And then I called Vin Diesel and I was like, we need to arm wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me that story is true. Please tell yeah. me that the story is true. I wish it was, but it was not true. <laughs> but anyway, so so here, here I am, waves of just disappointment constantly. Yeah. And um, our big tour, this tour is going insane. It's going amazing. The best tour I've ever been on. And then, you know, the, the movie gets canceled. And I just, I think that I've had so many disappointments in my life you know, and, and the movie was about disappointments and loss and grief. I think it was just, it hit me in a really uh, hard way because I, I had to deal with grief again, going through the process of the movie. So if you don't know my story, uh, people are listening or watching is that I went through watching my first wife go um, through cancer and it was a difficult process. And she ended up being, you know, she went to be a Jesus. So that was hard. It was, it was the love of my life. And we, felt like that we were in this forever together. And so here's another wave of disappointment and it just brings up old stuff for me. Mm. And so it really sent me kind of not a spiral. I didn't go through depression because I think I already dealt with kind of that, that element a few years yeah. ago and God kind of delivered me out of that. But I went through this kind of just like, really, like really feeling that we all, we go through and everybody had that feeling I'm sure. So it's not like I'm not, I'm not any different than anybody else this 2020, but I remember my wife said something, Bianca, that like was incredible. She said, you know, Jeremy, I woke up this morning and I realized that God never broke his promise. And I said, what do you mean by that? Now my wife's kind of like that person where she'll like drop this Holy spirit bomb and like take a <laughs> mic. She'll take like the mic after saying it. And she's like, drop the mic right there. So, um, so here she is. She's like, listen, God never promised that, that the movie was going to stay in theaters forever. And he never promised that your tour wasn't going to get canceled. 
And she said this, which was incredible. She goes, but what he did promise is that he was going to use all those things for his glory and his purposes. And I was like, okay, like, all right. And I think that that was such a um, reshift of my mindset, you know, during this, this whole process. And I remember God speaking to me pretty specifically too, at one point, cause I was like, I just want to get through this. Ugh. And we're still like, we just want to get through this. Still kind of a feeling we all have right now. Right, right. We're in 2021 oh. and it's still going on. Yeah, we're still like, well, we're going to be 2022 soon. We're still <laughs> going through it. So I was like, I just want to get through it. And God really like hit me. And I don't say things like God spoke to me very flippantly because, but like kind of spoke to my heart and said, you know what, Jeremy, I want to get through to you during this. Is that you just trying to get through this? And I was yeah. like, oh gosh, okay. It's so all these like things that God started doing in my heart. So what I did, and I think the writing process and the disappointment all came from my heart being open to go, okay, God, what do you want to teach me? Like, what do you want to do here? And I, it was a needed process for me because then I was able to write these songs that came out that dealt with disappointment. And there's a song called Break Your Promises that talks about that. It inspired my wife's, you know, thing that she shared with me. And just songs that about grief or songs about him steadying our feet when, you know, it's chaotic because he's the only source of, of consistency in the midst of all this chaos anyway. And so yeah. writing about that. So, um, yeah, that was kind of, you know, and you have just relational things sometimes that, that happen. And, and I think that the social media has been so polarizing and 2020 was such a polarizing, I mean, it's 2021 as well, but like so polarizing, like anything you say, I'm not even saying anything and just, just, terrorizing you you know mm. and that's been just a weird thing as well so just a lot of disappointments and hurts and different things and god has just taught me a lot through it and so so do you have a favorite song on the new album Whew. i think it's a song called getting started that's one of my favorite songs and i think the reason why is because it all it's it deals with every scenario of a person and let me all explain that mm-hmm. so the chorus says, well, it starts out saying, you know, I can kind of give you some words to it. Um, are you running I mean, around? Do you want to sing it for us? Because we can get a yeah. private concert with Jeremy Camp right now. I just uh, want to say you are, you have freedom to brother. You have freedom to. That, that means so much to me that you would allow me to do that. Thank <laughs> <you>. um, <laughs> but it was like the whole song says, are you running around in circles with no place to go? Are you a person in the mirror? You don't even know, you know, are you the kid that was a dreamer? Now you've lost the key, you know? And mm. like, this whole kind of like everybody goes either you don't know Jesus or you know him and you've, not, you've walked away or you know him, but you still have to realize that every single day, his mercies are new every morning. And so the chorus says, if anyone who's ever lost their way, anyone who's ever felt ashamed, here's a song for all the brokenhearted. I believe you're only getting started, you know, to anyone who trusts in Jesus name, um, watch your world be forever changed. Here's a song about light from darkness. I believe you're only getting started. So it's, it deals with those who, you know, are therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. Those who are like, Hey, your life's just getting started. Like, like no matter what you've done, whatever you've gone through, what kind of things that you have, have done that you feel like you're so ashamed about, God can forgive you. Those that have walked away. Hey, you can, you're just getting started. Like God has new, fresh things for you. And those who just every single day may battle with that going, listen, our best days are always, they should be ahead of us. We shouldn't go, Oh, my best days behind me. Great. Now what? We should always be like, no, I'm just getting started. Like the, the God of the universe is, you know, he who began a good work is faithful to complete it. And so 
Like for me, I believe that my best days are ahead. I don't think that they're behind. And so this song, I feel like it deals with every person. And I think that's why I love this song. I am so excited for people to get their hands and listen on it. I mean, the streaming platforms now, anyone and everyone can yeah. hear it globally, which is super exciting. Um, so when we talk about the the film, I still believe you mentioned that. I'm Okay, so I was kind of left on the cliffhanger. So then, wait, what happened to the film? Oh, yes. <laughs> You need to tell us where we can go see it for those, because I'll be honest with you, in the midst of everything. So um, my husband and I planted a church here in Orange County, and we were... We were, we weren't even, we were slightly over a year and we were just trying to figure out life. And then the pandemic happens. Oh. So I, I don't think I saw one movie in all of 2019 and 2020. And right. so tell me what happened with the film. So it ended up, you know, being taken out of theaters. I mean, not taken out, but theaters started yeah. shutting down. Yeah. I mean, and it did fairly well for that. It was going to be in 88 countries too. And of course <sighs> the world shut down. No, literally it was going to be in no. 88 countries. So what happened was it ended up being on Amazon Prime. So it's still Amazon, Amazon Prime, Amazon, whatever. Um, Hulu, it's on Hulu. It's okay. on all the streaming platforms, not Netflix yet because Hulu has it for like a, they buy it for yeah. a certain amount of time. So Netflix will probably be next, but it's on every streaming platform. Now, the cool thing about it that we've realized is that many, many people have streamed it like all around the world. And this is what I think was such a, uh, I don't know. I think you have to just go, I think God used this in a deeper way because of what we were all going through. Cause I had people from messages from when I say all around the world, I mean, Iran, Afghanistan, mm. Jordan, you know, Russia, um, Czechoslovakia. I mean, you, I, you can name it. It's uh, countries from around the world that would just message or we do Instagram live stuff, me and my wife or Facebook live. And here they are popping in from all over the world. And just being like, your movie changed my, my life. Your movie ministered so much to me. You know, this, People that probably wouldn't even ever listen to my music, but watch this movie are now going, wait, who's this guy? And then going back and listening and then mm -hmm. reading my story and now have an opportunity to go deeper than ever before. So, so yeah, it's, it did really, it's done really well on streaming, like really well, I think beyond what they expected. So that's been really nice. Um, and people still are watching it. And I think it's one of those things where I have to just trust that God's going to do what he wants with it. So I can't wait uh, for those that are listening. We are going to put the link to the Amazon prime link in the show notes so they can go ahead and watch it. Um, this Sunday is movie night with my dad and my mom. So guess what movie we are streaming on Amazon prime brother. Yes. <laughs> and if it's not prime, it's on Amazon. Hopefully it's prime. It's, no, it's it is prime. Amazon prime. That's the only place you can watch movies. And oh, then Amazon prime, yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Look at me educating you, my brother. Thank you. I'm trying to learn this kind of stuff. <laughs> I just want to say thank you for continuing to create art. I think out of your loss, out of your um, bitterness, out of your yeah. sadness, beautiful things have been created. And yes, we can get scriptural or we can just kind of refer to Bob Dylan, one of the greatest writers of all music. And his music was what it was. It was a cry of the brokenhearted. And I feel like the difference between him and you is that you get to put language around those who are brokenhearted, but you bring in a sense of spiritual hope. So I just want to say thank you for your time. Thank, thank you for your art. Thank you for your discipline. And sadly, I am jealous of your inspiration. <laughs> I, I'm a disciplined artist. So I'm low key. I'm so jealous that you just pulled over on the side of the road and wrote a song in 10 minutes. So <laughs> Jesus, right. rub, rub a little bit of that on me, God. <laughs> Hold on. There you go. I'm just kind of trying to, there you go. Gotcha. Got hey, Jeremy, I appreciate you from being a 13 year old and having you lead me in worship to now being a 21 year old and having you lead me in worship. <laughs> 
I just want to say thank you. And we appreciate you so much. Thank you for having me, Bianca. This has been amazing. I cannot believe that. I, I didn't even know that about you, that he's down as poncho. I so. know. I know. I can't wait to tell him. So after hearing about all this art, will you do me a favor? Will you send a visual clue that you are participating in this creative art process? Take a photo of your design, your art, your lyrics, your poem, your business plan, and tag at Jeremy Camp and at Bianca Oltoff to show us what you learned on this episode. I know our guests love to know that their words are making a difference and their words are impacting your life. So show them some love. And if you love the art produced on this podcast, would you rate the show and subscribe so you don't miss any episodes? It really does help us get this podcast in more ears around the world. Now, go make some art. Love you, friend.